Thanks for joining us for our first Hemisync podcast. I'm joined today by William Buhlman, author of four books on the out-of-body experience, Secret of the Soul, Destination Higher Self, Adventures in the Afterlife, um, and Adventures Beyond the Body. Uh, Bill is also guest trainer at the renowned Monroe Institute, uh, where he teaches an intensive six-day course on the out-of-body experience. He's also a certified hypnotherapist, and perhaps most importantly, recently recorded a uh, Hemiseek album with us called uh, Out of Body Techniques, which I think is one people have been waiting for for a long time. Um, I thought it was really well done. It predates my time here, so I can't take any credit for it. Um, <laughs> but uh, so, I mean, having taken your course several years ago, I know that at that time there was no Hemiseek involved. Um, and you, it took you a while to kind of warm up to Hemisync. Why, why was now the right time to uh, do this? Well, um, Hemisync is, I've known for a long time that Hemisync was a great product for mm -hmm. uh, relaxation and for getting people into a nice, relaxed, altered state. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what it's famous for. And it's, uh, of course, I, I have used it actually off and on for 20 years. Uh, I just didn't use it extensively in all the workshops I used to do around the world. So when I started um, doing my um, extended out-of-body exploration workshop at Monroe, uh, I decided to incorporate it 100% into the program. I thought it was only fitting mm -hmm. that be used as, uh, since we're at the Monroe Institute, right. it, was the, uh, it was the appropriate thing to do. And, and, and people love it. Uh, a, a lot of the participants uh, are familiar with it, and that was part of my decision, too. Mm -hmm. uh, the Monroe participants in general are very, very accustomed to the, uh, the, the states that are available through that, and it helps them to get into an, that ideal state quicker. Great. Um, and you know, I know that you did a similar uh, set of exercises several years ago with a different publisher. Um, and I thought this one, the uh, most recent uh, OBT set that you did with us, addressed many of, the, of those shortcomings. Um, one is you know actually having the uh, the uh, hemisync inside of the exercises, but also having an extended free flow at the end, which I think allows a user to have their own experience. Oh, absolutely. Um, the people need time. This uh, the OBE state takes deepening. It takes some time for most people, at least, to get into the ideal state. Mm -hmm. And you need that extra time um, that is was just not available in the other product. Uh, that's one of the main reasons I decided to do it is because I thought I was asked by many many people, uh, basic, when are you going to do this and do it in full length? Right. When are you going to have this full length with a full free flow available so that we have the time to, to do the exercise properly? And I've been asked about this now for six years. So I, it was about time that I, I recorded this program and got it out. I was going to say, I mean, I think people have been waiting for a uh, retail version of this product for a long time. So I'm glad that we are finally able to uh, get it done. Yeah, yeah, and I'm very happy with the results. It sounds it sounds excellent. The quality's superb, and uh, it's very powerful. Uh, and from what I understand, it's the latest and greatest of the uh, uh, frequencies and uh, program available 
uh, for, let's just say, exploration of consciousness. That's right. And uh, Kevin Cowan, who is our sound engineer here, is a real craftsman and an artist in his own right. Um, he actually recorded each track in its own key, which we've never done before. It's the first time that's ever been done at uh, HemiSync. And um, the thinking is that some people respond better to a different uh, key. Everyone kind of has their own key. And so I'll be curious how that is received. Um, so far, the, the response has been very positive. Oh, yeah. Positive. The response has been really great. Yeah. Um, yeah. I knew there was a lot of layering done, and there yeah. was a lot of technology behind it. Uh, I'm not an expert on, on that. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I knew there was a tremendous amount of work put into the pro project. Yes. Yes. I mean, I, I feel like there's tremendous demand for this stuff right now, not just from our community and the kind of TMI community, but really from the zeitgeist at large. Um, if you look at kind of this new Doctor Strange movie, Astral oh, yeah. Projection is a topic in it. There are various TV shows now that cover the subject. It, it seems like this stuff's really starting to go mainstream. Um, you know, do you think it's possible that we're kind of reaching a point where these concepts are no longer so esoteric? Do you, do you see anything in terms of the people that come to your workshops or you know, what you, mm -hmm. you know, come across in your travels that might indicate that we're reaching some kind of a critical mass here? Well, there's definitely a, a, a huge increase in interest. And I think partially, especially in the last few months, um, I think the Doctor Strange movie has definitely had an impact on the group consciousness uh, let's face it, we're, uh, modern society is very visual. Mm -hmm. uh, more of them are going to watch that movie than will ever read a book on the uh -huh. top topic, unfortunately. Right. Um, and I was fortunate to have one of the books that are go-to books that have been out there for 20 years. And um, I, the, the, the subject matter is definitely, right now it's exploding. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's because people want to know answers. People are tired of the belief systems. People want to have a, a way to obtain the answers for themselves without all this, uh, let's just say belief systems, um, all this, uh, what now people call it fake news. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, let's just say, misinformation out there about not only astral projection and out-of-body experiences, but all metaphysical topics, right. altered states of consciousness. There's a, there's a tremendous amount of misinformation. And what I try to do in my books and my workshops is to explain it in a down-to-earth manner right. that's, that people can relate to and, and really use effectively in their explorations. Because the answers lie individually for us to become effective explorers of consciousness. It's not in the external world. The belief systems, the religions are not going to give us the answers, the big answers to who we are, where we come from, where we're going, and what our purpose is. That answer has to be found ourselves through our own inner explorations. And the more effective we become, the better information that's available, the better guidance, tools, and training that's available, the better people can obtain those answers for themselves. And that's what it's all about right now. Right. And so to the extent that, say, pop culture sensationalizes the out-of-body experience, do you think overall that helps the sincere, you know, personal quest for self-knowledge and discovery and exploration of consciousness? Or do you think it impedes it somewhat? Well, I think to some degree, it's both. I think it's a double-edged sword. Yeah. 
I think, uh, and I, I watched the movie, for instance. Uh, uh, I watched it with my son. And, uh, and it was, of course, sensationalized. Right. Uh, it wasn't at all realistic in many ways. But on the flip side, it got people to know that, hey, this, is, this, is, this could be real. This yeah. is interesting. This is exciting. This is, that's what got people, I think aroused would be the word about, and I got to know more about this subject matter because it is real. Yeah. Now it's Hollywood typically <laughs> sensationalizes everything as we know. And they, they sensationalize this, especially his out-of-body experiences uh, were, in, were sensationalized. But that's typical of what yeah. Hollywood does in all subject matter. But I think on the flip side, it really has gotten the, the interest level there that yeah. people are willing to uh, pick up a book now and say, hey, I got to study this and see there's something behind this. Because the out-of-body exploration or what is some people call astral projection has been around for thousands of years. The Bible talks about it. I mean, it has been out there forever. The Buddhists talk about it. The Dalai Lama mentions it. On my website, I have a quote about the Dalai Lama stating about OBEs. This is part of uh, many religious cultures. They just have their own uh, way of speaking about it. Um, so it's, it's about time, I think. It's past due that uh, we get some, let's just say, focus on this area that's so important to the exploration and evolution of consciousness. Right. And so... You know, I have, you know, some of my own workshops and, you know, I find that there is tremendous demand for this stuff, maybe in some sense too much demand. So people come and all they want to do is get out of body or, you know, astral project. And, you know, they might, you know, put on the headphones and have a really profound experience, but man, I did not get out of body. Um, so what do you say to people like that? Well, number one, the, the term out of body is kind of a, a mis- nomer. Um, there's no evidence per se that we're in our bodies mm -hmm. at all. Now we have to start from stage one here. We have to realize that consciousness is a continuum. That's how I look at it. That's how I teach it in my, my workshops, uh, that there's various states of consciousness that we enter. And because we are multidimensional beings and that our consciousness is also multidimensional, we have the ability to enter into other states and not necessarily feel separation from the body. So uh, the idea of the classic out-of-body experience is actually very limiting. Mm -hmm. um, it's, we have, it's a much broader topic than that. The concept of I can feel myself separating, I feel vibrations, I feel myself rolling or stepping away from my body. Many people never experience that. Right. Uh, I, I haven't in the last 10 years. That's very interesting. Uh, I, I started out when I wrote Adventures Beyond the Body 21 years ago. My first experiences were very physical-like and grounding experiences where I felt, I felt myself separating. But as I progressed over, um, well, 40 years of doing this, right. um, I find myself just someplace. Right. So, I'm suddenly there. I mean, and it's hard to describe that to people because you have to yeah. control. There's issues involved. It's right. Some people call it instant projection 
or some people call it phasing yeah. there's, uh, or shifting. There's a lot of different terms out there. The key is to learn how to focus your consciousness in whatever state you're in. Right. That's the key to effective exploration of consciousness. And that's what I try to teach, not to be fixated on these physical-like sensations. Right. Because that just will inhibit you. There's so many different states that we can enter, countless states of consciousness. But the key is to control them through your own focus, mm -hmm. which I de developed tools, uh, well, many, many years ago, and I write about them, like awareness now. Mm -hmm. You bring your awareness, you, you, next level now, if you need to change your focus. There's tools, there's affirmations, there's focus things that you can do to control and get the most out of each of your experiences, and that's what's most important. Well, it's very interesting to hear you say that because my experience has been similar. Um, experiencing the vibrational state and you know having that visceral feeling of leaving my body has become rarer for me over time. And I think lots of people kind of share that experience. Um, but some people, I think, slip into a sense of despondency over it, you know, thinking that, oh, it's not happening for me anymore. Yeah. And they'll spend all this time trying to do a technique to kind of capture that feeling. Yes. And my, my point to them is always, you know, you can do tremendous work, like work with a big W um, on yourself just by, you know, having an experience and putting your consciousness somewhere. And, you know, being so focused on kind of the moment of exit, you know, doesn't always serve you well. Yeah, it, we have to be uh, aware of all times that there's many ways that we can have these experiences. And unfortunately, um, people have focused on the one way. Right. And that is this, oh, I have to experience, and I, I deal with this in my workshops day one now, and I spend quite a bit of time on it. You don't have to have the vibrational state. Mm -hmm. You do not have to feel any exit. None of those things are necessary. In fact, for many people, they're quite limiting. Right. Um, again, that's a double-edged sword because the vibrational state for some people is scary. Yeah. So it's actually better for most people not to go through that, what is unfortunately now the traditional out-of-body experience. Mm -hmm. And just allow yourself to let go and be and that's a much more effective, I find, approach. And that's what I've been teaching here at Monroe uh, at the Institute now for six years. The ability for people to just let go. Don't think about your body. There's still certain basics, like never think about your body. Don't dwell on anything related to your body because mm -hmm. that'll bring you back. Right. There's still, you need to know the basics. Right. But it's all about focusing your state of consciousness and maintaining that state and making that state as real, because reality is relative to the per perceptions of the individual. Right. And it's, if you have the majority of your state of consciousness in any locale, that is the only reality that is good for you, that's real for you. Right. And that's what's important here. So you accentuate that, right. that, that new locale, wherever it may be whether it's a physical-like environment or you could be in a void. Mm -hmm. You could be anywhere in the universe, really. Mm -hmm. But don't take it for granted that it's not real just because it's different. One of the problems that I've found is that people, humanity is still so fixated on three-dimensional matter that that's, this is, 
They consider reality, the baseline of reality, to be 3D matter, where the opposite is actually true, I have found. Matter is just a thin epidermis of the universe. And the, as we move inward into these other states, we move beyond that 3D world that's what we consider solid. Mm -hmm. uh, and we, we soon realize that the physical world is a tiny fraction of the continuum that exists. There's countless millions of realities. Right. And that we decide what's real for us. Right. Don't let someone else determine, and certainly don't base everything on matter being the center point, because matter is not. It's, it's matter. In fact, um, let's face it, when we exit the body at death, this is no longer going to be real to us. We'll enter another reality. Only the reality that we are, are within and conscious and focused upon is real. Right. And we have to remember that. And, right. And so that, that point about the fear of death, um, to me, is the greatest benefit to the classical out-of-body experience. Because you, you have the sense that you're physically leaving your body and, wow, you still exist. Like, I'm actually going to survive this whole death thing. And so mm -hmm. for people that have not had that experience yet and are maybe trying these techniques, you know, you've compiled lots of data, right, from, from surveys um, that you've received over the years from people that, you know, you've solicited, you know, questions about the OB experience from. What do you think is kind of a typical success rate for someone that is practicing diligently and, you know, doing a technique every day? How often do you, do you get out? Uh, there's a wide spectrum of that depending on the person and a lot of it has to do with their fear barrier. Yeah. I found that everybody has their own personal fear barrier. There's two issues that, that limits people in general. And this goes for all explorations of consciousness, not mm -hmm. just OBEs. It could be shamanic methods, it could be hypnosis, it could be whatever. It's their fear barrier and their obsession with their physical identity. Mm -hmm. As long as you are totally indoctrinated that this biological machine is you, it's going to be difficult because it's like an anchor. You're, you people, each individual creates their own anchors in the exploration of consciousness, which of course OBEs is part of that. Mm -hmm. And that is one of the big ones that's seldom discussed. Mm -hmm. You have to train yourself in a way to let go of this being me. Mm -hmm. I, I talk about this in some of my talks that when I prolong my out-of-body experiences, my humanoid form dissolves away. Right. I become a, a, a point of consciousness right. with 360 degree vision. Right. That's what we are. Right. That's what we, but people don't, it's hard to relate to that. I understand that. Right. It's hard to perceive yourself in that way if you haven't experienced it. Right. So that is one of the issues that inhibit people in their explorations. Uh, so you have to train yourself to get over that and begin to open yourself to a wider vision of who you are. Right. Next, of course, is the fear barrier, which people have this, they think they're dying. They equate out-of-body experiences with death. I've been there. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I, I, and I can see how that's an issue. Yeah. It's even part of the seven stages of a near-death experience is an OBE is part of it. So people think they connect those two. But yet we know from decades and decades of experience that we can exist beyond the body without, uh, you know, without our 
without our physical bodies at all mm -hmm. and do it effectively and for prolonged periods of time. Now, as far as percentages, everyone is really different in that regard. With dedicated action, it took me, 40 years ago, it took me 24 days. I write about it, I don't sugarcoat it, it takes dedication. It took me 24 days of daily activity, daily technique, I did the target technique uh, for 20, and then I had, I had my first OBE, which was mind-blowing, opened up a whole new world. But if I would have stopped at day 23, we wouldn't be having this conversation. <laughs> right. I mean, it's so I, I'm not saying that this is for everybody and yeah. that this because it's like just like yoga, just like any practice, just like any it takes daily practice. Some people respond within a week. Some people respond within a couple days. Some people it takes some months. It's all about self-conditioning to get over your own barriers that we have within ourselves so that we can truly explore our multidimensional self. Right. And so it seems like the typical experience, um, certainly early on, is, you know, the out-of-body experience kind of starts in sort of, you know, what you term the astral, which I guess is like the next uh, less dense sort of uh, vibrational level uh, beneath the physical. Um, but some folks like me, for instance, my experiences early on were like going through some type of a wormhole or a vortex and I'm in some yeah. place totally different, you know, non-physical. And I actually had to work hard to get back, you know, stupid me, I, I'm working hard to get back into the astral. Is that a typical experience, do you think? Um, you know, have you encountered that much? Yes, yes, people okay. have, everybody's different in that regard. Yeah. But yes, yeah, some people, People cannot handle a non-3D environment unless, that takes some getting used to, many mm -hmm. people. If you're immediately thrust into a non-3D world, uh, what is there to relate to? Yeah. And people, if people freak out and they end up thinking about their body. The first thing people do when they want, to, when they want stability, they want the comfortable surroundings of form, they want a floor, they want a ceiling. Yeah. They they want they want something that they can relate to. Reality is not always like that. You have to. That's one of the things that's important to pick up a book and read about this subject, because the majority I have found from my explorations, the vast majority of reality, non-physical reality, is not three D mm -hmm. at all. It's not structured or form based. Mm -hmm. It's mostly voids. It's mostly or semi-voids, or voids that are be starting to become form-based. Mm -hmm. So we have to, there's different rules, for instance, there's different kinds of realities that we experience. I, I write about consensus realities, non-consensus, and voids, because mm -hmm. they're the three most commonly we experience. Mm -hmm. And you have to be aware that it, they're all real. They're just different our perception of them is going to be different and the rules that w that occupy each of these kinds of realities, how we function within them is going to be different. Mm -hmm. So we can't use our physical. In other words, there's different rules of the road depending on the kind of reality you're in. We have to remember that everything is thought. Everything is ruled by thought. It's not, stability is created by your own 
focus and your own way that you manage your thoughts. And that's what needs to be learned. And it takes a little while. When you're in the experiences, you learn very quickly that you have to stay centered, you have mm -hmm. to stay calm, you have to be very neutral in what you're projecting. Mm -hmm. In other words, every thought is a creative projection. And when you're in a, in a non-consensus reality, which is one that can be shaped and formed by you, you're the creative force. So you have to be totally 100% responsible for every thought that you manifest and project. And people don't have that. Most people are not quite there for that. Right. And, and, and possibly don't even want that responsibility, actually. Well, we, you know, part of learning in the physical world, I think that's one of the things lacking, unfortunately, in our physical world is self-responsibility mm -hmm. is not taught mm -hmm. as much as it should be. Because when you enter into a non, a thought responsive environment, you better take responsibility for your thoughts or you're going to end up in a, a let's just say, a, a less than necessarily pleasant experience, <laughs> right. which happens in shamanism. It happens when people do ayahuasca. Right. If people, people are doing shamanic ceremonies and you see these stories are slapping their legs and right. fears, your fears come up immediately. Right. But they're your manifestation. They're not an objective reality necessarily. You are creating, your fears are taking shape. People don't understand that. And that's what I mean by taking responsibility. Um, we are responsible for everything in our lives. And the thing is, when you leave your body or enter in altered states, the response to our thoughts happen a hundredfold faster. Mm -hmm. Because we're, we're no longer in the density of Earth that slows down this, this process. So we have to be totally, we have to become adults. Right and realize that we are the creative force. Very important if you want to ever become an effective explorer. And so I find that that's very common as well. Uh, people are concerned about having you know, a fearful experience. Mm. And so yeah. this kind of gets back to the fear barrier again. You know, what do you say to people who are maybe resistant to this because you know, they don't want to have a, an experience that makes them uncomfortable or is perhaps even frightening? Well, I, 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 I just did a newsletter in March that covers this entire topic. Mm -hmm. uh, you have to take, you have to be ready to take responsibility for your thoughts. Because uh, uh, once you realize that, it changes the game mm -hmm. considerably. Um, let's face it, some people, if you've been totally indoctrinated from birth, that there's devils and demons all around you and they're all going to, and they're already going to pounce on you you're probably not the ideal candidate to start exploring beyond uh, uh, your body. Yeah. And not because that there's an objective. I'm not saying that at all. It's because you will create energy, let's say, that's reminiscent of your belief system. That's why um, I, I, I strongly recommend that people begin to work on themselves to cleanse their own states of consciousness, mm -hmm. to, let's just say, to reappraise everything you've learned. Mm -hmm. Because we grew up, all of us, have grown up in a very fear-based society with fear-based belief. Mm -hmm. We all have, for 2,000 years, we've been indoctrinated with all these fears of fear of the unknown, fear of death, fear of uh, 
entities, fear of abduction, fear of, it goes on and on and on. And that's part of many people's subconscious minds. Mm -hmm. So we have to begin to work on ourselves. That's why meditation plays a part. Right. That's why self-analysis plays a part. There's many aspects to the exploration of conscience. It's not sexy. <laughs> and that's why it's not talked about a yeah. lot. It's not exciting necessarily. Yeah. So people glance over that and they want to get right to the meat. Right. Oh yeah, I want to leave my body and go explore. And when they find their first experience, they find out, oh, that was not what I was expecting. Yeah. Because you're confronting, people confront their own fears generally very quickly, just exactly the same way they do when they're entering into altered states through sh shamanic practices, mm -hmm. through uh, ayahuasca ceremonies. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Same process here as at work. You are the creative force. You better start to learn how to control it. Right. So over your 40-some years of doing this, do you find that there are times in your life where it's easier to separate and then maybe it'll move into times where it becomes more difficult? Are there certain life circumstances that seem to kind of trigger those periods? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, when you're heavily involved in the physical world, like I'm in the middle of moving right, right great, now. That's great, right? Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. great, yeah, I'm surrounded by boxes and yeah. million things. Yet, uh, you're totally, when you're, the more focused you are in a physical move, I noticed that when my sons were, got married, um, when, you're, um, when you're focused in the physical heavily, Generally speaking, I have found that sure that 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 limits my experiences because mm -hmm. we go where we focus. So it's all about how we uh, focus our attention. And yes, if you're involved in a uh, occupation or in a uh, or life changing, dramatic life changes generally seem to inhibit people's abilities. Mm -hmm. Uh, let's face it, most, most of us are not trained monks. Right. We're not trained meditators. We're not trained uh, in cleansing the mind and clearing the mind of every nuance of, of our physical life. Uh, it'd be nice if we were, but we're not. So, yes, those type of things impact us. That's why I found it's best to have a nice, calm, put yourself in a nice, calm environment where you can focus on what's important, your own inner explorations. Mm -hmm. And, you know, how has your exploration informed your view of, you know, for lack of a better word, because these are loaded words, enlightenment or self-realization, self-actualization? Do you have a, a view on oh, that? Yeah, I do. I, I feel, um, now those are, uh, those terms. They're loaded. Are, yeah, they're very yeah. loaded terms yeah. um, th that can mean many things to many people. Yes. But I, I think a big part of it is what are we all seeking, uh -huh. really, to know what we are? Uh, my feeling is the biggest question and the biggest, the biggest issue facing humanity is that humans, the vast majority of humans have no idea what they are, where they come. Think about it. Yeah. Humans don't know where they come from before they were born. They don't know where they're going to death. Yeah. They've been trained, oh, I'm going to go to heaven. What the heck is yeah. heaven? Yeah. What is that? Where is it? What happens there? What's yeah. the purpose of even it being there? There are so many questions. We're, we're humanity as a whole is clueless. They're born, they identify, they do the best they can in their bodies. 
So enlightenment to me is about obtaining the answers for yourself. Mm -hmm. What am I? What am I beyond this temporary biological body that I'm shedding? What am I? Where, what's my purpose? What was the reason for me to even be born here and right. go through this? This some many many people consider it like a, the meat grinder of the physical world because yeah. it's challenging. Yeah, it's a challenging school. And that to me is what enlightened the process of enlightenment is obtaining the answers mm -hmm. to what we are, mm -hmm. so that you know. And I don't mean believe, because beliefs just deter us in our exploration of the truth. Mm -hmm. We have to let go of the beliefs, all of them. I found that every belief from uh, that I was born with was all flawed or false, right. every single one. Right. So yeah, I had to start over. It's not easy to do that. It's not easy to let go of everything because you put yourself in a void. But that's what I found to be necessary. So then I'm open. I don't have all that let's just say misinterpretation. Mm -hmm. In a sense, we have to begin that way to cleanse ourselves of the falsehoods before we can open up to the truth. Yeah. And I think that's what enlightenment is, is becoming, knowing, having the experiences that will show us through personal experience what we are, where we're going, and what our purpose is. Right, and, and so do you think there's kind of an ultimate endpoint that we arrive at? Or, you know, are there layers to this? Is it constantly unfolding, just infinitely oh, mysterious? Definitely unfolding. Right. Because yeah. we're multidimensional beings, I found it. The, high, the whole idea of out-of-body experiences is people look at it as a very one-dimensional process where the opposite is actually true. Out-of-body isn't unfolding. Mm -hmm. First, people experience often their etheric body, which is what I call the parallel world, then the astral, then the mental. Then, so we're constantly unfolding into aspects of ourselves and beginning to see these broader, this broader magnificent actual picture of what we are. Because mm -hmm. we're incredible beings that have, in a sense, locked ourselves in this little shell for a, a very brief period of time for experiences, of yeah. course. Not that it's not important. I want to emphasize here that I don't consider OBEs to be escapism at all, because mm -hmm. this, this comes up. Mm -hmm. It's not escapism, it's inner exploration. I know that what I'm doing in the physical world every other, is, is important. Yeah, I'm learning every day. I'm, I'm learning all the time. Right. Uh, so this is important, but it's also, I know that there's aspects, this huge spectrum of me that I also want to explore. It doesn't in, diminish the importance of the physical. Mm -hmm. It actually makes the physical more important to me mm -hmm. because I realize that I am a multidimensional being and I'm using this biological body to communicate with and to get across. Well, it's one of the reasons I wrote four books. Yeah. I wanted to be able to communicate some of the stuff that I've learned from personal experience. Right. And I felt a burning need. The more experiences I had, the more I realized this information needs to get out there in a logical way that people can understand without all the mysticisms yeah. uh, associated with it. There's a lot of uh, terminology and the Eastern philosophies and uh, all, the, all this, this language that is so difficult for the average person to understand right. that I want to cut through that. We don't, you don't need to learn Eastern mysticism 
to explore yourself. You just need your own method to go inward and explore and know for yourself. Because no, no culture, no one belief system has it all. Everyone has, throughout history, I've found, people have glimpses of things. And it's up to us to become effective explorers so that we can get the big picture and not depend on these limited snapshots that we get from past explorers of consciousness, mm -hmm. no matter who it may be or how famous they may be. So it seems like there's a certain sincerity of intention that you have to have to do this work. Um, you know, there's a desire that you have to have to want to have these experiences. Um, and <coughs> at the same time, it seems like I've come across some people that maybe want it a little bit too much. And so there's a certain balance that needs to be struck. Do you agree with that? And you know, how do you kind of approach that with people um, that might be wanting it a little bit too much and kind of getting in their own way? Yeah, I, I, I deal with that in my workshops. Um, there's a lot of people that come to my um, six-day um, OB intensive, mm -hmm. and they are they're they're really intense. Yeah, very intense, which is fine. Except you can you need to learn how to relax and let go, and yeah. that's the part that people forget. They're so focused on. We, we live in a society that's technique driven, mm -hmm. and unfortunately, it's more than that. You could learn and do the, the most effective techniques in the world, but if you haven't taken care of your self-identity and your fears, yeah. then you're going nowhere. Uh, and unfortunately, it's more, it's a multifaceted approach. That's what I try to get across as much as possible. You have to deal with your own state of consciousness. You have to deal with your fears. For instance, if you have fears in the physical world, they're a reflection of inner fears. Mm -hmm. If you're afraid of snakes or spiders or bees or the dark or being whatever it may be, that is a physical manifestation of an inner fear that needs to be addressed. You just can't slough that off. I, I believe that in the physical world, we have to confront our fears and then resolve them here and now. Yeah. Whatever it may be, fear of heights. People like, oh, well, that's not important. It won't matter. Yes, it does matter. Confront it. Go up in a hot air balloon. Go whatever it takes. Yeah. If you're afraid, deal with your fears because that is influencing your, not only your out-of-body experiences, but their your entire explorations of consciousness will be impacted. So we have to remember it's a multifold approach. And yes, Relax. Mm -hmm. People get so intense on their fixated goal yeah. that they block. Right. And I talk about this extensively. One of the most difficult things I've found from being a teacher is that people, that one of the most difficult things to do is to let go. Yeah. People have tremendous trouble with relaxation. Yes. They don't even realize that they're not relaxed. Um, they think they're relaxed, but they're not no. actually relaxed. As long as your mind is tense. Yeah you are not relaxed. Mm -hmm. That's why it's important um, to learn, for instance, self-hypnosis techniques right. can be. Everybody identifies and finds different methods effective. Mm -hmm. I, I, I heavily suggest meditation and self-hypnosis. Mm -hmm. Hemisync can help that in that regard uh, tremendously. That's, one of the, that's why Hemisync, I think, became so popular right out of the gate many, many decades ago. Yeah. 
because it helped people. You put on your headphones right. and you just flow with the signals mm -hmm. and you, it, it allows people to get into those altered states in a nice, relaxed way. Yeah. And I think that's, that, that's why, of course, I incorporated in uh, both of my workshops. Yeah. Well, Bill, thanks for joining us. Thanks for recording out-of-body techniques with us. I look forward to working together again in the future. It's a great conversation. Th thanks very much. Oh, well, thank you.